Hey guys, Hall's here. So in my excitement to have our wonderful guest Jason Ward on this week, I forgot to cover a couple of things for the podcast. So I'm going to do that real quickly before we get into the show. You know what I'm going to say. Like us on Facebook, at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter and Instagram, T Public page, rate and review us on iTunes, all that stuff. We have a new shirt for sale on a T Public store, which is tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. It is the Key AD Monday Rides the Lightning shirt. Uh, the original idea came from our buddy Richie. I asked him, hey man, can I use this for a shirt and send it to Evan and have him do his artistic magic on it? And he said, yeah. So that's what I did. I sent it to Evan. Next thing you know, I'm getting this amazing image back. And guys, it looks great. you got to check it out. It's going to be on sale for the next 48 hours. And I believe TeePublic's putting all their shirts on sale again later next week. So if you want to catch it on sale, those will probably be your two best opportunities. Uh, also, if you guys enjoy this episode, and I hope you do, uh, make sure to just uh, at Jason on Twitter or comment on the Facebook post saying that you enjoyed him and uh, just want to show him that, you know, our listeners appreciate him taking the time to come on our goofy little podcast. But that's about it, guys. So uh, have a good weekend and we'll talk to you next week. Steve D, buddy, what time is it? Blue Harvest, baby! For my ally is the Force and the powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 93 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart, and there is no Will Witten this week. He's called away on Will Wittenly type duties, but I got a special guest this week. He's a poppy connoisseur, a resident farmer of Stardew Valley. He's the editor-in-chief of Making Star Wars. He's on Now This Is Podcasting, but whatever you do, don't fuck with this man's queen records. It's the man himself, Jason Ward. Hey, Haas. How's it going, man? Pretty good, buddy. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and helping me out in my, my time of darkest need. <laughs> I, I feel like 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 Wheaton Jr. Like uh, Will was Mon Mothma and I was Jimmy Smith and he was like, I can't do the podcast. What about that Jedi you know? And I was like, 
Oh, I'll get him. I trust him with my life. But then I showed up and I was Radis. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's not a bad trade-off, let's be honest. <laughs> no, Radis is pretty rad. That's why his name is Radis. So we don't have a whole lot of Star Wars to cover this week, so expect some tangential type things. We got some emails and voice messages. Um, first off, I want to do something that I, uh, I feel a little silly doing. We're up for some podcast awards at this goofy little podcast. And uh, if you guys haven't voted already, you can do so at StarWarsPodcastAwards.com. Or is it SWPodcastAwards.com? Hmm. Yeah, Nobody really, really knows. You can find them on Twitter. Or you can look them up. There'll be, some, uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. But uh, we're up for a couple of awards. Uh, cover art, theme song. Best fanboy host. Yeah, you should win that one. Johnny was in a mood this week on Rogue One. I have a funny Johnny Johnny story to tell you. I wanted to save it. And this is this is more embarrassing for me than it is for Johnny. But it, it's a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, the, the whole Making Star Wars Podcast Network is up for Best Network. We, I'd like to see uh, that network take it home two years in a row. Yeah, that would be nice, because I think we have a really good roster. Hey, I, I think so, too. I think it got a little better in the last couple of months, even, maybe. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree with that. And then I, I, I'm I'm really happy that it, what, like, four of us got up for the for the Fanboy Host Award or whatever? That's, that's awesome. That is crazy. So, uh, along with myself and Johnny, Jason, and Steele are up for it. So, vote with your heart, guys. Just vote. Follow your heart with your votes. Vote for Haas. Vote, oh, vote, vote. Yeah, vote. I w- I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for Haas. I can't vote for Steel because he did a smear campaign against me um, <laughs> on the on the internet, and I can't vote for Johnny because just he just forgot to even name you in the episode. It's like, come on, man, come on. The uh, the smear campaign between you and Steel uh, this last couple of days has really been cracking me up. I have to admit. Uh, yeah, well, there's some links to the Rogue One Army that when those come out. Trust me. He's <laughs> Collusion with the Rogue One Army. <laughs> he met with the Prime Minister of the Rogue One Army in October in uh, New York, from what I hear. And he denies it. Mm. I've seen the Rogue One Army playing at several <laughs> of Steel's events <laughs> behind him. Trust me. It's like one of those RC planes. <laughs> with a, t- uh, no, a, a tiny little Johnny the- Grasso in it. With a little plastic propeller that just blows in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we jump into the Star Wars, I guess we'll uh, I'll tell you the Johnny Grasso story. So okay, I, I love Johnny Grasso stories so much. I don't know if you heard this on the latest Rogue One, but Johnny recently had a dream about me. Okay. Oh, sounds hot. It gets there. He okay. called me on the phone specifically to just be like, "Dude, it's I've got I had a dream about you." Long story short, his dream was that he was hanging out at his mom's house and he got a phone call from me and I said, hey, I'm right down the road from you. How do I get to your house? And he was so excited to meet me that he ran out of his mom's house and he wasn't wearing pants. So the (laughs) first time Johnny and I met in this dream, he was not wearing pants. Okay. I think the dream speaks enough for itself. Well, today, someone on... It sounds very realistic, probably. (laughs) Yeah. And I I told him, like, hey, man, I'm excited to meet you at Celebration 2. Can can you promise me you'll be wearing pants, though? That's all I ask. (laughs) 
Well, somebody hit me up on Twitter today and was like, I know you're, you want Johnny to be wearing pants, but how do you feel about shorts? And I responded, this is what I wanted to respond, what the original intent of the tweet was. Shorts are fine. I just don't want his ding dong flopping out on me. Right. That's not what I typed, though. So okay. I sent this tweet and I just put my phone in my pocket and went back to work. And about two hours later, I check my phone and it has exploded with notifications. Okay. And I look at the tweet I sent him and it says, shorts are fine. I just want his ding dong flopping out on me. <laughs> and it's too late to correct it. It's been sitting up there for two hours. I'm sure people have already screenshotted it. It's and, alive. It's a, it's, a, it's its own thing now. It's 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 blown up, and everybody's like, "Oh, somebody had a Freudian slip once." Johnny's ding dong flopping out on him. <laughs> so that is that is one of the uh, side effects of having a Jonathan Grosso in your life is that occasionally you put out a tweet that says you want his ding dong flopping out on you. Let, let's let's analyze that uh, dream though. It's like, what's going on with Johnny? Like. Clearly, he's afraid to to reveal his true self to you. It's almost like he has something to hide. <laughs> I, you know, man, he's a, he's like an onion, as they say yeah. in Trek. He's got layers. There's right. layers to Johnny Grasso, and apparently, one of those layers might be a slight homoerotic crush on me, and I'm okay with that. That's that's fine, but it's also like there's like his character, and then like there's his character, you know. He just needs to come out and just like let you know who he truly is. And I'm telling you, after he meets me, he's going to be having uh, dreams about making me work out and shit. Like, I think he's hyping (laughs) me up too much in his head. He's going to be like, who is this Mick Foley motherfucker that I podcast (laughs) with every week? Uh, Poor Johnny. (laughs) Poor Johnny. He's, in so many ways, he's still that fat kid from New Jersey in his sweatpants. Tell him not to wear shorts, not to wear pants. Just to wear the fat kid's sweatpants. I, we still it, love you, Johnny. We love you. If I could find an exact recreation of his outfit that he was wearing in that Eureka's Castle video, yeah, I would mail it to him and be like, you have to wear this. It would be like our first date. And I'd be just, like, you got to wear Just send it to him this. with a sign that says, want to play baseball? <laughs> <laughs> That's all. No explanation needed. <clears throat> When I found that Eureka's Castle thing on IMDb, I thought for sure it had to be a different Johnny Grosso. And then Vader Nick and I dug up the actual video, and it was like the cross of Coronado at the beginning of The Last Crusade. I was like, this belongs belongs in a museum. museum. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're all there with you right there. We know exactly how you must have felt. So, um, Star Wars news this week. Like I said, there's not a bunch, but we have a couple of things uh, reported on by our good buddy Jason here that would be fun to discuss. Uh, Jason, why don't you do everybody a favor and explain what you have coined a target spoiler, which is a term that I think is the perfect descriptor for what we're going to be talking about this evening. Yeah, I call anything a Target spoiler, anything that if you walk into a Target store and you would just learn it from walking down the aisle. You know, if like if this was Rogue One, um, a spoiler would have been there's black stormtroopers in the movie. But when you walk into Target and there's a standee of a black stormtrooper saying, take a photograph with me, is it really a spoiler at that point? You know, it's right. just like very generalized stuff that's 
part of the movie existing with a marketing campaign that you're going to be exposed to. And probably stuff that you'll be seeing in the trailers. And if, if you are crazy dedicated to not, to no spoilers, if you're one of the people that uh, doesn't watch the trailers or read anything or cut out social media, maybe this, uh, maybe a star Wars podcast isn't for you, but this one will definitely not be for you. But otherwise I don't think you have anything to be worried about is what I'm trying to say. So uh, you guys reported that it looks like the, what some would say, underused character of Captain Phasma is going to have a neat little accessory, possibly, in uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, she's going to have some kind of, like, like a, a, a spear. So, you know, and uh, I'm supposed to be getting some details on that pretty soon, or where 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 it's going, but... I haven't had a chance to, so I don't have anything to add to it other than that she has a spear. We don't know if it's like ornamental. Like, does she just like hold it? You know, I don't know. For all I know, it has jewels in it and stuff, but she stands next to Snoke looking fancy. Um, or it could be a weapon that she's going to use to actually like fight somebody like Finn with or something. Um, that's one thing. So, you know, I sort of dip out of the spoilers at a certain point. It never got to the point with Rogue One where I felt like I had to dip out. Um, yeah. You know, I, with uh, The Force Awakens, once the trailers started coming out and you guys, like, once the trailers hit, you guys really started putting the puzzle pieces together, it seems like. Um, right. And and not to mention, you know, the reporting you did on the trailers beforehand that ended up showing up in the trailers and stuff that you reported on. Because I went back and listened, and, and ca- like, the day after I saw The Force Awakens, I sat down and I went back on makingstarwars.net not dark.com, Mark Hamill. Um, and we have re- both. They both work. Right on. That's good to know. Um, yeah. So I went back and read all the spoiler articles just to sort of, because the progression of how you guys figured it out really fascinated me. And right. uh, stuff that you guys reported on early on that wasn't in the movie, we've since seen in deleted scenes and making of stuff. So um, with the, the Last Jedi, I'm definitely not to that point where I feel like I need to dip out of the spoilers. Um, it's so, it's so different in, in a lot of ways because like people uh, have been asking me, they're like, well, it feels so much slower uh, for last Jedi than force awakens. But with like force awakens, so much time was spent with stuff like, okay, we think that he, that we think this guy is a stormtrooper, and he's right. Effect, but, but we don't know. And so, Okay, so is he a bad guy or a good guy? There was like so much time just figuring out, figuring out who the archetypes were, and and it's like with the Last Jedi, we have that like Kelly Marie Tran, Benicio del Toro, and we've we've kind of laid it out there, really, like not a lot, honestly, but but we kind of like like laid out those basic bits, and they they don't really make that big of a news splash because it's not that big of a deal, but when you're thirsty for star Wars, right. When, when it's been 10 years since there's been a star Wars movie and you're bringing back the original cast and all these things built up before the force awakens. Right. And also I was going to ask you this. Is it a little easier for you to pick out the bullshit rumors now that we have the force awakens? Because I could see how before the force awakens came out, like you guys would report on stuff that you were like, I don't think this is true, but you know, this is what's out there right now. Yeah. And, and you know, like the um, Luke is guarding an ancient tomb and, and there's a Sith Lord that's been dead for thousands. Do you remember that rumor that oh, yeah. was huge for a little while? 
Um, yeah. So I no, it, it, it's it's definitely it's it's the same. Honestly, to really. Your question. Yeah, because like there comes a point where we have a bunch of information. Like right now, I have a lot of information on on the Last Jedi, and so when people put reports out, I know it's not true. Like for instance, like there's this one YouTuber who likes to likes to <laughs> fake stuff a lot. Yeah, well, and uh, I, I do a pretty I, mean I impression of that guy. <laughs> I, I purposely I, I sat on like costume details for a couple of extra weeks because. He started releasing stuff like he had information. I was like, well, maybe he does, man. Like, like I'm not, you know, the only person who hears shit. Like, it could be anything. And then, like, as I started to go, I'm like, yeah, you know, if, you know, this person has pink hair, why aren't you talking about that? Right. You know, there's just, like, like little details that are, like, that are, that are there. And so that's what makes it hard for me, though, to know when to release stuff or when not to. Because when I do it, I make it harder on myself because now, now, uh, like for instance, on our show, mm-hmm. we went in there and I talked about how Finn wears this, uh, this Imperial officer's uniform and there's a superstar destroyer in the, in the film. Okay. Right. So target spoilers. And, um, <laughs> so I went and talked about it and I, I didn't run right to the site and put it up. I thought, you know, I want to give the podcast a little, little bit of love too. So I, I let it stay. Then, you know, it gets to certain forums and stuff that we had it on the show and people start making fake stories about it. And then, so then I put the real story up, you know, very shortly thereafter, but you know, then it ends up becoming a thing though. Now where now that people know that it's easier to fake that. Right. I've given them something real to, 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 to play with. That's uh, what was interesting was seeing after you guys broke some of the bigger stuff on the force awakens was seeing the bullshitters incorporate your stuff into their stories to try and validate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 For as much like good as there is on Reddit, for instance, there's as much bad. Right. And if not more, honestly. And so that, that, that is the, the, uh, the whole trick is like, you know, what do you sit on? What do you not? And then I'm not like in a I'm not like in a competition with with anybody honestly other than other than myself like I only put out what I want to talk about. Right. Like if like when Star Wars news gets super slow then that's when I'll let's let's talk about something. So that's when like I re- I'll put something out usually. That's cool. And yeah, yeah. And so like like I'm sitting on a bunch of stuff right now that and I'm like I don't know, man. Like I don't I don't want to ruin celebration. You know what I mean? Or I don't right. want everybody to go to celebration and go Oh, Jason Ward guessed it, or Jason Ward had it right, or whatever. So, so I just don't, you know, I, I just kind of sit on it for a little while and then see what's up. And then, so if we go to celebration and they don't tell us anything, then I'll have a celebration for you. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? nice. I see yeah. what you're saying. You're saving it back in case they're a little withholding, as they've seemed to be, uh, you know, more lately, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's kind of been that's kind of kind of the, the way it can go at times. I mean, especially under Abrams, like Rogue One wasn't so bad, but Rogue One had so many problems because of, of all of the uh, changes that went through that the film went through. Right. What they were showing you was most of the time irrelevant. So uh, what would you say? Like you mentioned celebration. What do you think the chances are that we get uh, a trailer at that last Jedi panel? From from what I've heard from a lot of different sources is that it's either going to be a trailer or a behind the scenes reel. Yeah, that's and, what I've read is that it's one of the two. It, yeah, that that is that is the word. Okay, and in my personal opinion, um, I've heard a lot of a lot of things towards Kelly Marie Tran's character being the big push. 
Oh, really? Yes. She's she's our new hero, you know, one of our new heroes. She's like and, the Lando in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And and in, in some ways, I mean, like, you know, if you push Ray out to become this Jedi, in some ways, I mean, I'm sure she's going to be a different character. But in in some ways, she kind of fills that role that you could have saw Ray playing before you saw her in the film, like with Finn. Ah, you know, okay. like, like, yeah, like, like, cause like, I mean, if she becomes a Jedi and she's out there training with Luke, like Finn needs somebody else to, to, to hang with, to like talk to right. a love interest, all that kind of stuff, potentially anyway. And, uh, I, th- I, that my guess is that, that it's going to be Kelly Marie Tran. So, and then the other new character is Benicio del Toro and then Laura Dern. Right. Those are like our, our three new big people. I kind of think, though, that the most accessible for them is going to be Kelly Marie Tran because she's a relatively young actor. Right. She, they, pro- they probably have her under, you know, under a contract that allows them to utilize her as much as they want over the next year or so. And so with, with that, and that's just a guess, but with, with that in mind, yeah, are you going to push Benicio Del Toro, who maybe you can't even get to show up at stuff or, or has movies going on and other stuff? So it makes sense to me. That said, why why I'm bringing this up is because I don't think it would be prudent to show a behind the scenes reel of like Kelly Kelly Marie Tran if we haven't seen her in universe. It doesn't make right. sense to me. It would be it would it, would, it makes it where people have a hard time kind of breaking out of um, the actor and the character. Like with the prequel trilogy, I think a big flaw in the marketing, as much as I loved it, and I, I wish it was this way still. But when you when you let us meet Hayden Christensen for a year before the movie comes out and that's how people really know him and stuff, then you show episode two and you're supposed to believe he's Anakin. It's kind of a problem. It becomes hard for people to 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 not see the 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 filmmaking process versus the story and the the universe that that is alive in our imaginations. Right. And so so that's why I think it's going to be a trailer still. Yeah. A teaser. A teaser, I should. And, you know, Kathleen Kennedy said that they were going to sort of follow the same trajectory they did for Rogue One with The Last Jedi. And if that's the case, then it would make more sense that we get a teaser, the behind the scenes, then the trailer, sort of in that order, which yeah, is sort of loosely the way they did it for The Force Awakens, too. The, the outlier is that December teaser, which we're not going to get again. That was just... Bob Iger yeah. being like, I'm tired of people being up my ass about this movie. Give us something, JJ. It was that, and it was like they were they had an opportunity there to reveal most of their characters or to right. let someone else do. And I, I think, and I think that was because like at, at at that point we had already you know I was already writing about BB-8 a lot. Right. I had all kinds of pieces of concept art of them. You know, all kinds of stuff going on for 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 BB-8, and so it was kind of. Uh, yeah, do we want to show BB-8 rolling across the desert, or do we want to wait until someone else can do it? And uh, like that's like a once in a lifetime kind of thing for a trilogy. I think like you could only yeah. do that once. Yeah, and and you know it's and that's the one thing that people always go back to when it's time to start speculating about a trailer. You saw it last year. Or, oh, maybe we'll get one with Rogue One, which seems. It's sort of silly to me to expect that. And then there's the yearly, oh, it's going to be at the Super Bowl. It's going to be at the Super Bowl, guys. Yeah. You know, every time, every time. It's it's, it's going to be at the Super Bowl. They, they even did that during the prequel era. 
And it was like, to me back then, I used to eye roll that because I'm like, George Lucas is not dropping a million no. bucks to show you his teaser that you're all going to go pay pay to see in a theater. When, <laughs> you know? when the Phantom Menace trailer came out, I spent six hours downloading it on QuickTime. Right. And then by the time it was done downloading, they showed it on like one of those Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood shows or something. And yeah. uh, I taped it on a VHS. So like, I, I, I filmed it. In oh, the with, theater with with a camcorder with the, with actually uh, in our in a recent subscriber episode of my show I talked about this camcorder that this crazy kid sold me <laughs> and uh, uh, Titanic Sinclair of that poppy actually uses it in his videos like oh. like as like a joke for like because it's so clunky and huge right it was big and clunky then and I filmed it we got home we watched it and then uh, I think like Access Hollywood or something like that had it on like ten minutes later and I taped it off of there and got like a perfect copy so stupid that's awesome. Uh, Okay, so you brought it up. I would like to stress to my listeners, if you have not subscribed to the Making Star Wars Patreon campaign, you got to do it solely for the extra episodes you get, which are like Stand By Me meets Kids. Yeah, yeah. I I take it um, like our Patreon. I don't want to pimp it out on your show. I apologize, dude. um, uh, That's um, I left the door open. That's what I would like you to do. No. um, Yeah, it's it's the now this is podcast Patreon. And like, I I don't want anybody to think like, oh, if you subscribe, you get spoilers, something like that. It's nothing like that. It's so. But on our Patreon, we figure like you really like our podcast. So you would want to support it. And so that's where we figure then you like us. So that's where we go into like the personal stuff or old stories of us like when, when we were young and all of the horrible things that we did. And there's usually a Star Wars spin or slant to it. In some Somehow way. you guys find a way to like connect it back to Star Wars. But I, I <laughs> like uh, <clears throat> the last two times you guys have put one out, I've been working from home that day or, yeah. or playing video games. And I have just, it, they're so much fun, man. I got to tell you, they are a good time those uh extra episodes they're really funny and uh, the steel brought up one of the funniest points about uh sal when you guys were like yeah we were smoking weed and doing all this and sal was like i was a ninja and i was climbing trees oh perfect yes perfect yeah Um, such a wholesome boy that's such a good dude man sal is a solid dude he was texting me some some sizzle pictures of his new rebels costumes today. Oh yeah. It's coming together. That celebration is going to look badass. Yes. Um, so, um, should I kind of lost? Oh, one of the <laughs> stories you told on, uh, when you came on rogue one about you having your dad, having the guy he worked with make the, or the guy down the street, make the display case for your, your figures. Yes, I heard about that. The, the Clash of the Titans Clash, inspired display case. The other day, I no shit was watching Clash of the Titans, and I was like, my buddy Jason, he had that for Star Wars figures. Fucking Zeus, man! <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a baby Zeus. So uh, the other thing, now you guys didn't get uh, this was reported by another uh, source, but I read it on you guys's site. Um, let's talk about some Frank Oz and his uh, his desire to talk about yoda but he can't talk about yoda my 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 egotistical side wants to throw out there that it, we dropped it first oh you did yeah we my dropped bad. it back in back in april um, oh well that's true i mean we had, like we had we had, the, we had reports that frank oz was going to work in um a, at, at pinewood 
and we had people who sent us videos of him from the airport like of him like walking through the airport there that like proved you know that it was like actually happening and then we had also heard stuff about um a secret uh, uh there was there was filming going on that people weren't allowed in on okay right and and there were there were rumors that yet people were going in there and taking pictures with 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 a yoda Hmm. And those, but those were like rumors. And then we, we followed it up later on with there being tons of puppets that were these birds right? that were, that are part of the, of the film. And so I thought maybe, maybe it wasn't Yoda after all, maybe it was these, these convery birds or whatever they're inspired. They might not even be converse, but these birds. And I was like, you know, maybe Frank Oz is just stopping by to check it out and stuff like that. But, but we, we kind of had back then like people that were pretty adamant that this was probably it. Right, and, and then now Variety meets up with them and asks them about the about the rumors, and his response was, I think, pretty telling. What yeah. You say? Oh yeah, because I think if if you're not doing something, it's you just say I'm not doing it. Like no, I, hey, I would love to be involved with Star Wars, or uh, or uh, you know, I'm I think I'm done with Star Wars unless they need me to do a voice or something for Rebels. Right. But uh, he did not say that. He basically said, I'd love to talk about it, but I can't. And if you can't talk about something, there's something up, is what I well, would even, said. Even though, like, like, like the way he lays it out, though, he's like, I feel like a POW. Like, I could only give you my name, rank, and serial number. I right. think is like, how he put it. And it's like, that's when it's like, it comes off as being very serious. Very like, don't say it, man. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I think he's I think he's definitely involved. It, and it kind of reminds whole... me of Carrie Fisher before they announced the cast. One hundred percent. Where she would they would be like, "Are you going to be in Star Wars?" And she's like, "Well, I've got a personal trainer, and they told me to lose fifty pounds. And if 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 I lose all that weight and I'm not in Star Wars, I'm going to be pissed." <laughs> and stuff like that and then there's that comedian Jim Jeffries. She was on his show, and he went on a radio show afterwards and was like. Carrie Fisher was just on my show, and she said that she has to go to England for six months to shoot Star Wars. Yep. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, it's 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 the uh, same kind of thing. It's when it, it comes off to me, like in general, though, like where somebody is big enough in the industry that it they get told, "Don't say this, don't do that," and they go, they loosely know, but they half-heartedly listen to them because they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," kind of like. Benicio del Toro kind of telling us he's the bad guy. Right, right. And then, you know, and then several times. And a couple interviews later, he's like, Am I a bad guy? Oh, who yeah. knows? Mad, Mads Mickelson, oh, remember his? Classic. He was the best. He was classic. the best. He was the best of the best. Like they cast him, and two weeks later, he signs an autograph that says Galen. Yeah. He couldn't wait, man. That's <laughs> great. Amazing. Um, so. Let's let's go under the assumption that Yoda is in this movie. Okay. Let's play around in that universe for a second. Uh, do you think that fact would be something that they put in the promotional stuff? Could you see like the reveal of Yoda being almost the Chewie were home moment of a uh, trailer, like the big last moment you just see a glimmering, you know, Force Ghost Yoda or hear Yoda talking. Or do you think him, that's going to be sorry. one of those things they try to play a little closer to the chest and hit people with in the theater day of? Well, okay, this this is like I want to drop in a little piece of information from a shareholders meeting at Disney. 
Yes. Now we talked about that last week. We talked about okay. The okay, so sheriff. it's been on the show, so people yeah. are, are 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 cool with it. Yeah. Well, the, the last time we saw that, it was Yoda. It was Yoda appearing to Ezra Bridger. Right now, this is the specific the specific scene you're talking about is Ray sort of being surrounded by or around some golden glowy lights. Okay. Yes, little orbs of light. Right, and, it, okay. and so it, when you put that together, and you see that Yoda appeared, you know he was alive then, though. So that right. is that is kind of the uh, difference, I guess. But uh, you know that that might be, you know, for all for all we know, those orbs of light all manifest somewhere before that ghost walks out. Right, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, you just got to figure, like, if Frank Oz is going there. He's obviously not going there for ADR, you know, a year and a half before the movie comes out. He's obviously not going there to, uh, I mean, I guess he could be going there to consult or something, but it makes me think he's there for a puppet Yoda because they've, you know, it's the joke now, real sets, practical effects. Yeah, I I can't get into like details either, but I did some research to try to figure out if he was there to work or to consult. And one of the things that I found was that for the, the, the thing that he had to do to work in that country, is it something you have to do to consult? Oh, okay. So, so I'm under, so I'm, I'm leaning towards, it's not a consulting gig. So do you think if we see Yoda and you got to assume that if we see a puppet Yoda, it's still going to be a force ghost. I would assume. Unless I would assume so. And, you know, but then they throw in the damn Force Vision on the Force Awakens and kind of throw a wrench into that. Could we see him in some sort of flashback? That wouldn't make much sense. Just kind of thinking out loud here. Well, well, one of the things that I was speculating on was sort of like a a, a Twin Peaks kind of angle to the Convery, to the birds, whether they're whether they're birds or Converies, whatever the birds. Um, And in that show, like, you know you're they're able to sort of uh these birds are a, a communicative device right. and um so what if these birds have been kind of witnessing things throughout the galaxy what if they know all the, all of the history of octu what if they've seen all the battles and the purge and the growth and the, the death and stuff and what if they have those things and what if that's what luke is doing right the speculation but if that is the case and what if he does find the bird who, or the memory, for instance, in which Yoda, Yoda's involved? So I that could you. be a way of showing us some, something that Yoda did or when Yoda was there, if he ever was, that kind of stuff. I mean, he was alive for like a thousand years or 800 years or something. So it's kind of, it's totally in the realm of possibility that it, Octu was the place that he went and within his lifetime at one point. So, you know, there, there's a, a lot of, potential there lots a lot of possibilities now on on the flip side of things where i go i don't know what you would do with it was there's always been a story problem post return of the jedi right having the ghost of those three spirits show up that's why timothy zahn got rid of them like what yeah he had to yeah so that's that's kind of what i was wondering on rogue one this week like if you and obviously you can't throw original original intent into this, even if George Lucas was involved, because he's a guy that likes to change his mind. But was the original intent at the end of Return of the Jedi, those three Force ghosts showing up to Luke, like as a kid, I always like, oh, that's them saying goodbye. 
Yeah. Like that's sort of them like being like, Hey man, we see what you did. Appreciate it. We're going to bounce out. You got this. It's, 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 it's atonement. It's right. Luke Skywalker having complete atonement with this, with all of his fathers, his biological, his, and both of his, his surrogate fathers, if you will, you know, and that, that made him the man that he became. And so, yeah, it's complete atonement. And that's like, there's not much else to, to do beyond there. And when it's supposed to be the end of the story, it's completely fitting and fantastic. Right. Um, now I, now I kind of go like, wow, I, I wouldn't take the moment out of star Wars for anything. But I do go, wow, if they had known they were going to make a bajillion of these, that was probably not the best move or, or not the the best way to go, you know, necessarily right, right. there. Because, well, and because, you know, you know Luke, Luke Skywalker has to do something on his own at some point. That makes me wonder, you guys kind of talked about this on your show a couple of times, like Luke isn't just hiding, I don't think. I think he's up to something. Could right. It, could it be that he thinks that this place can reestablish his connection with Yoda and Obi-Wan. Possibly. Yeah. The, yeah. You, you, you could be right there. I mean, it also could be, I mean, I don't want to get on a, on a two of like an anti prequel kind of like rhetoric for the, uh, you know, like Lucasfilm thought process. Right. But you could also have a situation where the Jedi that were alive, you know, 20 years before Luke was, or, the day before Luke was born or whatever, those, those guys, they have, they ended up getting it all wrong. And right. maybe he wants to go back, back to the roots. Maybe he wants to find out what, what were, what were the foundations that, that allowed them to, to prosper for that thousand years. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> so with your gen- general feeling, what you yeah, know yeah. about the, the movie and stuff, this is kind of the vibe I get from just what you guys have reported and, and some of the quotes from people that are working on it or have read the script and stuff. You know, Star Wars has always been space fantasy. It's, you know, does this yes. movie feel like to you like it might be airing more on the side of fantasy this time around? I think Octu with with Luke Skywalker and Rey is going to completely be that. that. That is my... That is my reading of or my impression of it. Right. But I also, you know, like, but when you take Finn's Finn's adventure that he has in the film and the politics that are going on between the the Republic or what's left or whatever, re- re- the re- Republic is gone. But the people who are left that are trying to, like, kind of play into the uh, resistance, if the rumors are correct, um, you definitely don't have a fantasy movie, a pure fantasy movie. But I think Ray's experience is going to be pure fantasy. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. that's that's definitely definitely the, the vibe I get, and and it's it's good because I mean like, in the Empire Strikes Back, that's one of the reasons I think that movie resonates so well with people, is that you it's almost like a chase, and right. then this other guy going through this Zen experience at the same you know what I mean like and you you put those together and you cut back and forth through them it, it's a pretty gratifying experience like. Once once the Zen stuff gets boring, you're right back to the action. Right. And right. then, you know, and it and it kind of gives a little something for everyone, I think. So I I hope the movie's not just a complete, you know, restructuring of the Empire Strikes Back. I don't get that impression. But I hope it's not. I, I, I hope it's doing that same idea, but it's something completely new. And when we when we hear about little wisp and stuff flying around Ray and stuff like that, it makes me think it's gonna gonna really take that cave sequence and or even the Force back and Force Awakens and start to turn that stuff on its head a little bit. Ah, okay. Um, 
so I've asked you this like on the phone and stuff because I'm legitimately anxious about this. So I'm just going to okay. ask you again. What do you think the chances are that as far as the saga films go, we're done with episode nine? I, I say 1% chance we're done. Yeah. I, I, I know it's stupid because eight's not even out and then nine's even past that. But I'm already concerned about the next trilogy where like, uh, I hope they do it. Because as long as, you know, I don't know, some days I feel differently where, like, if they went immediately into an episode 10, I don't know that it would bother me. And then other days, I think maybe if they did take a short break, not a 10-year break, but a three-year break and we got spinoff films in that time, maybe that would be okay. I just don't know. And, And I think maybe part of this is where I settled on with Rogue One which I enjoyed and I loved as a movie, but it still didn't have in the lead up. The experience didn't have the same effect that it does for a saga film. I would agree with that. Um, and I'm all, I, I, I don't think, I don't think the, uh, the uh, characters and I liked, I liked Rogue One a lot. I like it. I like the movie and I like the premise. I thought the characters were, were very weak um, overall, honestly, quite honestly, like in the big picture, like, when they if they said a Cassian book was coming out tomorrow, I would read it, but I would not be like, "Oh my god, a Cassian book! I must read this." Yeah. Like, like he doesn't doesn't it doesn't get me like it doesn't get me going like how like Poe Dameron does because right. those characters you know have a life to them and and uh, a longevity. And well, and, yeah, when you know there's two more movies coming and you have a fairly large ensemble cast, you don't necessarily get bummed out that that's all you got from them in a movie. Like, you had a pretty large cast, I would say, in Rogue One of main to co-star characters. And you're going to lose out on someone somewhere because, you know, they're not going to do a three-hour cut of Rogue One. They're going to make it move. It's going to be a two-hour movie. And there's only so much you can do with that much cast and character development and have the movie, you know, move at a Star Wars-like pace. Right. You know, I think that's kind of the bummer. That also makes me feel like maybe I'll be more receptive to the Han Solo movies because that's, I mean, come on. That's a, uh, as long as it's well-received, that's a franchise, I'm assuming. I, I would think so. I mean, for for me personally, like Groot is adorable, okay? Don't get me wrong. But everything I like about Guardians of the Galaxy is that it's almost like a Han Solo kind of, kind of vibe to it like there's a bit of a a fun space heist going on and with lando han solo and chewbacca man like just them doing that is just gonna it's it's gonna it's gonna be better than than that with the exception of the soundtrack you know (laughs) i mean it's it's gonna be great i mean i don't and i I like guardians of the galaxy it's it's fun but but doing with han solo is so much cooler to me so i think there's gonna be a lot of that but to go back to your initial anxiety the thing I want to say is that it, think about the uh, timeline, not our timeline. And I know you're smart. I know you do. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> audience. Think about our, our timeline and then think about their timeline. Like, Ryan Johnson, you know, has already handed the movie over. Colin Trevorrow and, and his writing partner already know what the story for Episode Nine is supposed to be. Right. If, the, if they're it, not already evolve. pretty it's deep into evolve. writing at this point, I would think. Because that movie yes. is probably going to start filming... I mean, depending on the release date, sometime next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they already have, they already know what's supposed to happen in it and they already know, 
you know, the, if they already have a, a a vibe of what it should look like, right, and what it what it should be. So, with that in mind, I mean, just just stepping away from it for a second, it's not that hard for them to to start thinking. Well, what could what could the next trilogy be about? What you know what I mean? What could the story be? Not that they have the characters. You know, it's going to be some kid named Skip or something like that. Right. Just that you know. Okay, so in the next one, uh, the you know. Who knows? I mean, this trilogy could end with a with with a huge victory that feels very gratifying, but the first order still isn't defeated. Well, that's kind of what I wondered: is if that we necessarily have to see the complete end to the conflict at the end of Episode Nine, if they're planning on going further. Like, basically, what you said: like maybe Snoke is defeated, maybe you know Kylo is redeemed, but. The force, the first order is still out there, and that could lead to further stuff. Or, you know, do you think they're done with the Sith? I don't know. I mean, it, it's you know, the concept is going to get tired at some point. It, I under, I, and, I agree for and, sure. And, and, and yeah, and so at some point, we're we're going to get a lot of hack ideas coming back. Don't you think? I mean, just at a certain point, oh, like yeah. like 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 look at, I mean. I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I'm going to use it as an example. I'm going to say, like, there's been moments in Star Trek history where it's completely tired and boring and recycled. And then it it hits, like, a moment. And you're like, Star Trek is having a moment again. You know, Next Generation. People said it wasn't going to be as good as the original. People are loving it now. And then once Riker grew that beard in, everybody was all about it. It's all about that beard. My my dad's a big Trekkie or Trekker. Uh So I grew up... I'm not a fan either, but I've seen all of it because same, same, it, it same, was, same. That my dad as well. You know, it was it, we had one TV in the house. If I wanted to play Nintendo, I had to outstay awake my dad while he watched, yeah. you know, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, so I could yeah. get my punch out on. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's so so. At, at some point, yeah, you can do it, and that's what I. I tell because I do get like sometimes I get really sweet letters from from younger fans. I get some from older fans that are just creepy, but but from younger fans, and and they, they do say like you know, I was hoping it was going to be Darth Plagueis, that that Snoke would be Plagueis, and I always just tell them if if they seem like a nice person, I always tell them, you know, it, it doesn't sound like it's going that way, but it can always still go that way. He could always pop back up, not as Snoke, yeah. but. You know. Right, right. He won't be Snoke, but it could always, you know, if that Plagueis concept resonates this well with organically just about, um, why why can't it? Why couldn't they do that down the road? You know, it's completely possible. And to me, I think the episodes are like the Avengers. And I think that you're always going to want that Avengers kind of money. And so right. you're always going to do an Avengers movie eventually. But but then, you know, look, I mean, look at Civil War. That the Captain America Civil War movie that was pretty much an Avengers movie when you got down to it. Oh, absolutely. So I I could see a concept where you know we do wrap up that trilogy, and then they do find a way to get you know Poe, Finn, and Ray back together again for for a movie or a conflict of some kind in the galaxy, and make it into a fun fun good movie. And then meanwhile, a new trilogy is going to be is coming out in two years, and it's set thirty years later. Like that that kind of stuff could happen because it's not real. Right, you know what right. I mean. Anything, anything is possible, 
but I in no way do I think that it that it they're gonna go. Nah, we're we're we're, we're pretty cool here. We're just gonna do spinoff films because yeah. spinoff films. I mean, like look at the one that we've had so far. The highlight of it was the fact that it had nothing from a spinoff and it. it had Darth Vader in it, the Death Star. Right. And I and mean, like it's my, not that far. Huh? I liked. Uh, do you remember a couple of months back when Kathleen, when someone asked Kathleen Kennedy? Sort of about like, well, what's the plans after nine? Are you just going to do spinoffs? And that's when the whole, well, we're going to meet in January thing came up. And she was like, yeah. but honestly, we could if we wanted to. I mean, we could do some spinoffs. Would you guys like that? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I, I honestly think that it like both approaches are completely valid and, and probably could, I, the spinoff films to me, there's always a, like not Rogue One because it was such a, a place in time kind of story, right? But but there there's always an opportunity there that a, a new a new saga could spawn out of one of these things, and it might even be the best saga we've ever had. Right. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. You know, as, as pessimistic as I am about it getting tired at some point, I also acknowledge the fact that it the best could still be on the horizon. <clears throat> so. Um... Before we get into emails and stuff, there is one other thing I wanted to ask you. Sort of one of the things that was like the fallout from being making Star Wars, right? Okay. Uh, I followed one of this this thing sort of closely. You have not been unknown to get the occasional death threat. Yeah. yeah. And it, that, it, is it fucking, that is fucking ridiculous. What yeah. set off the crazies more? Was it when you reported that Han Solo died or when you reported that Luke was only in the like last couple minutes of the movie? Luke Skywalker was was what sent the craziest of the crazies over the over the top because like I was essentially telling them that their best friend or the person who they wish was their real dad wasn't coming home. Right. You know what I mean? Or he was he was doing a stop and chat at best. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And uh yeah, so that was that was the uh the big thing. I think the Han Solo side of stuff, I think people assumed that was going to happen. I mean, that yeah. it was such a given. It, I mean, I would I mean in retrospect, I would even almost call it lazy at happening in that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like you could you probably could have saved it for the next one almost. You could have had that happen and you could, we could have been questioning all this time is Kylo would Kylo do it? Right. And then have it happen in the middle one. But no, nah, it was like it was such a given that that he was going to get murdered that like I was that's why I was even reluctant. I was just like I didn't, I never actually came out and did a story like Han Solo dies in this one. I just did. Look, guys, I, I've seen documents and I could tell you he meets with Kylo and they have a conversation and it it's silenced forever. Right. So what does that mean to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of so on that one, I almost dodged a bullet, whereas the other. My first story was Luke Skywalker on that one was Luke. Well, first we heard Luke was uh, the bad guy. Right. And that was. Yeah. We had concept. We had concept art that that backed up the concept. So it was a blue. It was a blue sky kind of kind of concept. And then and then it was later on. We got more concept art. And it was they didn't know Adam Driver was going to be Ben Solo. So they were drawing Mark young Mark Hamill as Ben Solo. Oh, okay. That's the, the, the kind artist. of stuff that's not in the uh, Art of Force Awakens book, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. There's there were a lot of times you would, in those books there will be like a painting or something, and there will be five or six different alternates to it. Mm-hmm. 
And then I could also add that it a lot of the times too, when when those paintings end up in those books, they've been really polished. Oh, really? They've been prettied up and stuff for the. Uh, a lot of the times, or or some at least I could think of a few examples. Yeah, where where I've seen it and it was a much rougher painting. Like the the production side of it is meant to convey the idea to them to get it made, and then when they put it into the book, it's not exactly as raw as it was. Right. <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah, I, I just remember you catching a lot of shit around sort of this time, 2015. Yeah, yeah. There were people saying like, oh, I've, I, I have other sites and stuff. Like, I've seen four of his costumes. Explain that. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't all the way dressed. And then there was uh, the the uh, the uh, the infamous. This is all stuff I, I, I found in my post-movie research. Apparently, there was this infamous piece of concept art that only one person saw that described like Luke and Han standing off with Kylo in the middle, like like yeah. sort of fighting with each other and and all that stuff. Man, there, so there was... was a variant on it where where um, Luke Skywalker kills Han Solo because he needs Kylo to do this thing for him. It was just so stupid, right? And, and yeah, and, and like I hate it when that kind of stuff happens because I'm already, you know, I'm already solving a piece, a puzzle based off of loose pieces. So when someone comes and says something like that, I can't come out and say you're wrong. Right. Not all the time because I I don't know. <laughs> so th that's the thing. I have not encountered the crazy rumors like that for The Last Jedi. We we're, we're better at holding them off at bay, I think. Okay. Time. I got I, you. I, I I think I think generally now now crazy stuff still happens you know like it's it's there's always things going around that are just completely insane but um yeah for the most part they don't get reported as much um at the same time though people will report any fake stuff that if they get even if they know it's fake because it's it's money you know right right and like you know there's like weeks like this week where nothing's going on. Like this is a, this is the perfect week for somebody to come out and say, yeah, Poe Dameron dies, or something, and he dies to save Ray because he loves her. I, you know that kind of stuff. It's I just bet you there's going to be a YouTube video about that very thing, and about <laughs> uh, what today's Thursday. That's going to happen Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday yeah, morning, definitely. Yeah, if the best if the best YouTubers are on the side of on the A side of the alphabet. <laughs> all the way down down to z there's a real stinker video. yeah <laughs> all right so do you mind if we do a couple of emails and voice messages before i get let you go this evening i'd love to man cool well uh i don't know if you've heard it yet but uh our buddy steve made a special theme song for our email segment and it's about uh everybody's favorite cock-headed jedi so uh, let me play that for you real quick Well, I said I was going to make it real quick, and then I'll fuck something up, so. <laughs> Here we go. With his pun, Kitty Cockhead, to stroke his 
fall asleep listening to that song every night <laughs> oh man oh old old keati mundi poor guy yeah man <laughs> he uh boy was that a design boy was that a design for that movie i i like i like in the comics when he's always like hey guys i gotta take off i'm going to make some babies <laughs> okay i was like what the funny thing is is we have a voicemail from the guy that did that theme song about just that very thing. So let me play that for you real quick. Oh, nice. Hawes, Will, my brothers. Quick question, serious question here. How many Serian broads do you think Kia D went to bed with in order to repopulate? You know, we had that side deal with the Jedi that he was able to, he was able to bank chicks. Oh, is that Legends? Is that canon? Crap. And either way, what do you think? Give me your thoughts. That's for sure not canon anymore, right? The I, I would say Kiati's or however you say his name, his exploits are are legends. For legendary. sure. Legendary. <laughs> legendary and in the realm of legends. <laughs> what a weird, like, little detail for them to add to about his character. Like I, I I think it started though where where he just had that problem and like he had to go off and do that thing, you know? Right. And then and then it got more the, the, the love stuff got more rigid with Attack of the Clones. And so that was when they were like, Oh no, we already have this dude hooking up with chicks, man. Oh, you that's know? right. I didn't think about that. Cause really the do they really stress the fact that I've never thought about that. Is that I guess that is the case. You're kind of yeah, blowing the my, of the clones. my mind grapes. Like it, having the prequel trilogy for so long now, it all sort of runs together at one point. But they don't. Right. They really don't address the whole monastic, like monk type aspect of the Jedi, to where they can't have a relationship or have kids or get married or whatever. Yeah, they, I, I think Lucas had the idea, but I don't think he was committed. To it, because I've heard quotes from him from before that, where um, from from before Phantom Menace, even where he's like, "I don't know if people get married in space." Right, and right. he kind of had this like kind of like take on like I don't think he was too enthralled with marriage at that time, so I think he toyed with the idea that you can't even get married in space, and then um, and then he was and then as as it went on, you know, he decided obviously they were going to do that in Attack of the Clones. And uh, I think if he had written the whole thing out, if he had written episodes one through three, all the scripts, and just went and filmed them all and released them, I almost think that there would have been a moment where Qui-Gon said, hey, man, don't let your attachment to Padme get too serious because that's not the Jedi way. Ah, <laughs> and it didn't it. happen. It was kind of weird because he saw it, man. He, he He's oh, like, that's, sure. that's, that's freaking Natalie Portman, dude. <laughs> 
She didn't have me fooled with this handmaiden shit for a second. I knew the difference <laughs> between her and Kira Knightley. Right. Get out of my face. I like to know the difference. Oh, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting creepy. I'm getting creepy. <laughs> so next up, we got an email from our buddy Vincent. Uh, Vincent hung out with our buddy Sal at uh, the Rogue One premiere. He's one of the uh, Mandalorian mercs. Oh, God, I've, heard, I've heard about you guys. I think well, I've met you guys, too, but I, I don't know. What's up, Vod? Long time no write again. Sorry about that, but like Star Wars, Vinny's back. <laughs> Vinny is back. I hope for good this time. That is awesome that he threw in a Star Wars is back reference on the show you're on. This dude might have precognition, Jason. We need to watch out. He's a goddamn scanner. Jedi Mandalorian. It's happening. Confirmed for the next sequel trilogy. <laughs> I had a line of bad luck strike this last month when my computer's hard drive dying and finding out I won't make it to Celebration Florida. But things oh. are finally looking up. I've got a new oh. bitch and PC with a GTX 1070 graphics card in the mail, ready to play some VR Star Wars games. Speaking of things in the mail, I'd like to apologize for the lack of Wolves Clan patches, but I promise that the wait will so be worth it when your Mandalorian care package arrives. Well, don't worry about that, buddy. Mandalorian care package sounds like something they might stop at the post office before it even gets to my house. Yeah, that sounds like Flocka. <laughs> oh, we're going to do some Flocka at Celebration. I'll be walking around the place on Flocka. If you don't know what Flocka is, just go on YouTube, type in, I think it's F-L-A-K-K-A, and just go down that rabbit hole, and we'll <laughs> see you on the, on the other side. It's hilarious. Now for my question. Do you think Disney skipping Celebration in 2018 was because Celebration Europe didn't do as well as they wanted? Why do you think they don't just have them in Anaheim every, every year? Hell, Celebration Japan would be awesome. As a costumer for the California chapters, it saddens me that they'd just skip a year, but it makes our lives easier as well as filling that convention with awesome awesome Star Warsy props and events. Hope y'all the best, Vinny the Mandalorian. Yeah, what do you think about the whole Celebration skipping a year thing? Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, obviously... If Han Solo maintains its release date, then I think it would be impossible to do a celebration that year. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be in it wouldn't be to promote any film. It would just be to promote Star Wars, and I don't think you'd actually need that. Star right. Wars is heavily promoted with you know, hundred million, two hundred million dollar promotions every year now for every film, and I also think that it, um, giving it a little bit of a rest would would be wise, but. You know, we, we still keep hearing rumors about about that release date change for, for Han Solo. I hope it doesn't change, just for the record. Like, I want it to come out in me. I want there to be five months before my next Star Wars movie, because that is awesome. Like, that is my dream. Oh, but man. At the same <laughs> when, um, when episode eight's... Like, I, I was happy because I was like, okay, they're going to take some more time on it, but... I was so stoked for the process of seeing Rogue One and then five months later seeing Episode Eight, because yeah, I remember as soon as the Force Awakens was over, I was like, "Oh, that's that's all the Luke we got." Well, it's only a year and a half away. No big deal. Yeah. Um, the concept. Do you think they'll get to the two a year thing, or do you think they're just maybe going to bounce back and forth between May and December, depending on what sort of works with? Well, schedule. I I always know know what I think about it. You know, running the site and everything, 
And what I think about it on the site is I'm like, well, I want to see w- what does happen when we have two movies come out in less than a year. You know, I mean, right. that is two movies in a year right there, actually. And yeah, um, yeah. and or at least in a fiscal year, I guess. So so you end up with that and you're like, OK, so w- w- what does this mean? And, you know, do, do people. So in, in a way, I see it as a test. I see it as if they go that way, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test that's going to tell us exactly if this can happen or not. If, is it something that could see? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the, at the same time, though, I do like one a year. It is nice to, to just to have it once a year and have it in, in December. So all the merch you buy is Christmas presents, too. Right. If you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, like it's totally, totally easy. You know, I, I like that. Whereas like the Han Solo movie, it comes out in May. I don't think I'm going to go drop down $300 for the kids on Star Wars toys that that we both want, obviously. Right. But I, I think at that point it's going to be like, okay, you know, pick out a couple things, you know, what, what what's your, what's your, what's your uh, poison? Whereas like with like Rogue One, like Luke, my, my, my three-year-old, he was completely jazzed about the movie coming out. He knew who Cassian was. He liked Cassian a lot. And so it was like, okay, so when the toys came out, we just got it all. We just did it all. We're like, yeah, let's get everything that that that's 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 fun. Let's get the ad act <laughs> and all that. But but when Han Solo comes out in May, I guess my daughter's birthday is that month. I I always find it an angle. Uh, <laughs> they got they got me, man. They got me. <laughs> so um, I don't necessarily think uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe last year was like a wasn't successful. It did seem just from watching the live stream and stuff. It did seem like it was in a smaller venue than anaheim and i don't know that for sure uh, um, I, I wasn't there right but for, i have friends on both sides of it and my my european friends that wanted to be successful were very adamant that it was the best event that had ever occurred in the history of star wars and then the the other side uh, a lot of my other friends were like it was pretty lame like hmm. they really didn't didn't think it was it was the the uh, coolest thing that ever happened and and then you know you i i you know you Ticket sales, I don't think, are as crazy as they are here. Oh, really? Yeah, that's. I gotcha. Yeah, so so with with, with that in mind, yeah. I, but but then again, you know, I'm no way am I an expert on celebration Europe. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I'm not a ce- uh, expert on celebration at all. I've never been to one. Not. Until, oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, this year is my this first is one. Be it. Yeah, oh, man. nice, dude. Yeah, I'm super. Yeah. Sick. My. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually jealous, man, because it's so much fun. The. Uh, Especially like like the uh, the uh, first time like I'm to a point now where I take so much for granted. Right. Like I see people in Star Wars costumes, it means nothing to me anymore. Like I'm just like it's part of the culture. I'm just like I'm used to it. I'm like yeah, I get a picture and I don't I, why I see this all the time. Like it, it's it. I'm a jerk. I just <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have the Christmas spirit in me on that part anymore. I've never and been then, to a large scale con at all. I've been to some smaller cons in Florida and stuff. But right. Nothing. No, you know, Comic-Con, any of that. Nothing this size. So I'm excited. It's so much better, dude. It's so much, so much better. Like I, I go to Comic-Con, so I go to Comic-Con every year and I like it for things outside of Star Wars. But when I'm in the Star Wars mode and on there, it's so like, oh, God, this does not deliver. Yeah. Because I've been to Celebration where every single thing that happens is about Star Wars. Oof. Sounds like paradise. It is. It's pretty awesome. Pretty fun. All right, so next up, uh, we have an email from our buddy, Aaron. 
Dear Halls and Will, I hope you two are well. I hope the same for all of the moisture farmers out there. In A New Hope, Luke Skywalker is very much a child. Through the course of the movie, under the tutelage of the great Obi-Wan Kenobi, he grows up considerably and eventually seems to find the place where he fits into the world. Luke has found a purpose, a purpose which he pondered as he looked at the twin sons across the desolate plains of Tatooine. Aaron from OKC is craft. He is on a mission to craft a beautiful email. That's what I'll say. He sat down with some. He was he was thinking on this one. In the Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker has grown, but is still naive concerning his powers and his place in the universe. He handles himself adeptly through the course of the film and gains an ever wiser master, leading him down the path to becoming a Jedi. Luke is young, and though he loses the battle and a hand, he does not lose the war. In Return of the Jedi, Luke is in control of his emotions and his powers. He has grown much wiser by this point and much more confident in his abilities. He confronts his father and chooses the righteous path and ultimately prevails with the help of his father. By throwing down his lightsaber and proclaiming, I am a Jedi, like my father before me, he truly becomes a Jedi. From this point, Luke Skywalker's journey has just begun. In The, Lu- in the War- Force Awakens, wakens luke skywalker turns around now that we're up to date where do we think luke skywalker is going how has his journey affected him has the isolation turned him into a potato brain will he be crisp and introspective how much damage has the last 20 years done to this great man who had all the potential in the galaxy what are your guys's thoughts hopes and dreams for luke skywalker Jeez, wow. that's a good question wow. All of this from Aaron, Aaron from OK Cupid. No, no, OKC. Okay, <laughs> yeah, every time, every time I, I get a message from him, I think it says OK Cupid, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to get in trouble for my wife. I didn't do it, I swear. <laughs> he's, but, he's, well, he's secretly the CEO of OK Cupid. <laughs> yeah, right. He's a big Star Wars guy too. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about his general question on on my last show a little bit because I was like, so much of where it goes with Luke depends on the post return of the Jedi era. And we don't have good details about Luke then because like, like did Luke meet Mara Jade is my question. Did he and Mara have a flirtation? Right. Did they, did they have children or did they, did they call it off and say, you know what? I'm a Jedi. It's not, it's not my path because if you did do that and then you end up where, you fell now just like Yoda and Obi-Wan did. And the Jedi Order has been wiped out. Which, by the way, that does happen. I, I can confirm that. Um, I don't you know, know how, how, much of, how much of that is was on the table anymore. But, you know, Kylo Ren does wipe out all of the Jedi. So there and, were... Uh, there, it was Jedi. It wasn't just some, you know, dudes that Luke was hanging out with. Like, his his posse... It was an actual Jedi order that Luke was rebuilding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Kylo Ren took it down. Um. So so you know. Anyways. Uh. Um. So with, with that in mind, like, yeah, it's like, is he is he is he on that island full of of regret because he passed up on like on on love, if you will, and all threw all the stuff away, and it just messed up his family and killed his got his best friend killed and. You know what I mean? His his sister's husband is dead and was his best friend, if you will. And then his nephew is now this evil bastard. Like, there's all these ways it goes where Luke could just be really, really beaten down. But where I go with you on your side from your point earlier in the show tonight is that it 
if you were just going to be in hiding, why you don't go have there? to go to the. Why go to Octu? I mean, it's beautiful. I guess I would go there too. But at the same time, I mean, you could go to a lot of beautiful places, or or a lot of crappy places too. You could just be on 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 Jetta going like, oh man, you know. And he's not. He's 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 there, where the first Jedi Temple was. So, you know, it, they could write it either way, though, can't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's going to be interesting. I, who, Luke. Uh, to me, Luke is their their last secret carrot that they can dangle in front of us. The big one. Like, yeah. I feel like we know, generally speaking, what happened with Leia and Han in between Jedi and the Force Awakens. The last thing they have to reveal to us as far as, you know, well, I, I don't want to say the last thing because there's you know, obviously the whole Ray thing sure. and stuff, but something that we know is going to be a big deal. And I feel like something that is, for lack of a better term, holding back the story group in some ways, the story mm -hmm. club, because um, there's certain things they're just not allowed to address until the Luke Skywalker of it all is sort of laid out for us. There's totally. there's a reason that we have seen fuck all of Luke in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Because they're not going to let us see that stuff until they get it out in what matters most to them, the movies. They're going to yep. let that take precedence. And once those are out, then you know, is where we can get the story of what Luke was up to filled in. And it's right. one that I'm really interested in. It's just one that we're going to have to be like patient waiting on, I guess, because yeah. I hope it's good. I do too. I hope that the fact that they're taking their time with revealing it and not, you know, sort of pumping it all out at once and giving us all the details means they've really thought it out and come up with something really cool. That's what I'm hoping. What, what what's your uh do you do you have a a favorite a favorite of the uh, new books and comics and stuff like that is like do you have like a favorite story that's not on screen? Uh, I really liked Bloodline. Bloodline's probably Same. my favorite of the novels that has come out. Yeah. Um, I liked Lords of the Sith. It was inconsequential for the most part as far as like, you know, moving the story forward or anything. I just thought it was a neat quick read and champs and doula was in it and you know you got to see vader and palpatine sort of buddying around i like that one quite a bit right. um as far as the comics go i'm gonna be completely honest they lost me man they i tried and i was so excited for marvel comics and star wars to be back together again and i jumped in head first and then like my trips to the comic books uh, uh, store started getting, you know, instead of being every week, they were every two weeks and then mm. every three weeks. And then they, they just, you know, at, at some point I was like, you know, I'm spending 40 bucks a week on Star Wars comics and I get them home and they sit on the table and I don't yeah. read them. So the comics, I'm going to be honest, have not done it for me. I'm kind of intrigued about this new Vader series they've got coming out, but I'll probably just read it and trade paperback if I pick it up. I feel the same way, same exact way. For for me, it was like I I couldn't wait for the for comic book day. I get down there, I buy it, I would read it, and I'd be like, oh, okay. And then um, eventually, it was like, hey, Jason, I started getting calls. Are you gonna come pick up the comics in your box or not? Right. That kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm coming down. I went down there, I paid it. Next month, it happened. I was like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just done. And I'm done. But but 
Bloodline worked for me so well just because it felt like the the stuff in there was in tone and it felt like it was the uh, a story that deserved to be told. Yeah, and you know the the one thing about Bloodline that still kind of confuses me is like the, the Kylo I, I, and it was this was just all because of my own assumption. Yeah, the Kylo betraying Luke and killing the Jedi Order happens way closer to The Force Awakens than I originally thought it did. Five or six years, it's, it, it sounds like, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. And uh, you know what? I like, I really like the angle they took with that Leia and Han decided not to tell Kylo about Darth Vader. And yeah. he basically had to find out. We assume, we never see him find out, but we assume he found out the same way the rest of the galaxy did. When, yeah. Uh, when her emails were leaked and uh, yeah yeah well that that happens but yeah i'm, I'm joking um, <laughs> about real life um no um it, it, it's it's kind of funny it's kind of funny too because it, it allows them to almost tell a story with that where you have where you have kylo or, or ben sort of going through the same thing that like luke did when he finds yeah. out darth vader's his father in a way because I mean, this this kid is growing up thinking that it, everything about his family's gold, probably to to a, a weird way. I mean, when your mom's Princess Leia and your dad's Han Solo and your uncle's Luke Skywalker, like those are some big heroes, man. And and like you might even feel an, inadequate from that, right? And and if you are sort of naturally a bad seed or a complicated, troubled kid, because there's some uh, hints that that's part of the reason he went. Like they were like, Luke, you got to handle this kid. There's some sort of hints, right? And like yeah. the, the Force Awakens novelization and stuff like that, that he was difficult for lack of a better term or something. Yeah, yeah. It it, it sounds like like at one point they were having it where he was sort of even fall, fall, falling in and out of gangs and stuff. Oh. And, you know, yeah, like like or the equivalent of that, you know, in the Star Wars universe. So, yeah, he starts hanging out with 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 other bad kids and doing bad stuff. And um, and it sounds like mom and dad didn't really have enough time for him necessarily. So, you know, and so, yeah, so then at some point, you know, he gets sent to like Luke. But I think in episode eight, we're going to see that Ray and Luke's relationship is complicated. That, oh, yeah. That, I, I don't think that, it's going to be immediate. Hey, you thanks for the lightsaber. Do you want to be a Jedi? Like Yes, you, Sensei. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so so I, I got a feeling that it, that we're going to see that Luke has a couple of, of flaws too, you know, and so, but I'm curious as to what it was for Kylo that would make him do what he, what he's done. Yeah. He, and, is and it, this... is it just philosophical? Cause that's kind of weak. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, you know, I went and got it. Snoke just really changed my mind and I'm voting for Snoke and killing everybody like that. That's a very, very big jump to like take. So he has to believe as a character or as a person, I should say that, Snoke is right that it the dark side and the light side is this path that you can that you can put together because that, that's one of the things that keeps coming out in all all these reference books and stuff. Yeah, that's the other thing. I, I I feel like sometimes when I start thinking about this, I'm like, eh, is that just something they put in for some flavor text? But there are these weird passages about how Kylo can use the dark and the light, and yeah. the Snoke of it all really confuses me too because. Once again, I was kind of under the assumption that Snoke had been sort of manipulating or messing with Kylo for a long time before this happened. Right. And 
if it was five or six years before, like, you know, I think it just, I wouldn't say it disappointed me, but it was just like, wow, that, so that really throws a wrench in all the stuff I had going on in my head, thinking about what was going on after seeing The Force Awakens. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like, like Snoke is someone who just uses the the light and the dark teachings to his own advantage. So at the end of the day, you have to think that somebody who does that is obviously dark side. Mm-hmm. And after Kylo, I think after, I think when Kylo killed his father, though, I think that's when he picks a side. Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they definitely did enough work with the lighting in that scene to really push that uh, into people's brains. Like they right. were like, you have got to get what we're trying to say here. The, the literal son went black and and then he's and he stabs Han Solo so right um yeah I, I'm really excited to see how this unfolds I'm just worried that eventually you got to get into and and hopefully this is years and years down the line where you got to get into the point where some of this canon stuff starts stepping on each other's toes and then we got to have weird little retcons and stuff like that put in. Um, but you got to figure bloodline coming out when it did. We know that Ryan Johnson at least had some sort of input on it. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He was, he, he consulted on it. Yeah. That makes me think that they were comfortable enough where, with where the story was going to put that down in stone that, you know, that book, especially to me, bloodline is the most, important book in filling in filling in the in-between period between the force awakens and um return of the jedi it's the one that's done the most i think and yeah the aftermath books i'm not gonna lie have not really been for me i have same i i was not a fan of the first one at all and yes the second one was better but it wasn't like so much better that i was like well that completely turns it around for me and now I'm struggling to get through the audiobook of the third. It's yeah. just not grabbing me. So uh, when you compare those three books to Bloodline, I feel like Bloodline did a better job, just to be completely honest. And, and her, yeah, first book, her first book, her first book, Lost Stars, her first Star Wars book was great too. Um, it, but it was also one of those things where I was like, this is just a good Star Wars story. It doesn't move anything forward. I think a lot of the problem with aftermath was sort of how they set it up and how we as fans sort of set it up in our heads leading yeah. in. But I don't think they helped it with the promotion of it. No, um, no, no. They, they, they definitely, they definitely made you think that it, it was going to be very, very, very important and that it was going to really answer those questions about, you know, what happened in the aftermath. But and that it those questions would of course fill you in on the sequel trilogy in some way in a way that made it where it it, it it interfaced, and the way it interfaces is like there's still like a proxy between it. Yeah, you know it's just not it's not gratifying. And some to, of to it me. feels so like like the Boba Fett armor stuff in Aftermath just feels like treading water almost. Like it yeah. was sure it was neat to see Malakili and and you know. And there's some dude pimping around in Boba's armor being like the sheriff of Tatooine. It's a neat concept, but it almost just seems like, well, we got to throw something they know in there. 
it, just felt like so it was like it was a so what at the end of the day yeah like it it, it didn't become anything at all it didn't it didn't grow into anything and maybe there was maybe because there was supposed to be a boba fett movie and we were not getting it for now yeah. and maybe that's why you know what i mean so maybe it's not maybe it was totally out of their hands but yeah, like I actually like the inter- interludes more than the characters in the story. Yeah, I, I didn't think really it care was about the characters. You <laughs> once on your show actually that said you would have been inter- inter- or interested in a book that was all those like that. It was all interludes that was just like little snippets from across the galaxy of what happened in the yeah. aftermath of the Empire losing the Battle of Endor. That would be great. I think. My, my 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 favorite moment in the in the first aftermath anyway is when the the father and the son pick up the rocks from the statue you know they're like pulling down the emperor's statue and they start mm-hmm. throwing the rocks like they, they decide that they're gonna that they're gonna there's gonna be an uprising and they're gonna be like a part of it yeah and it's like wow it's cool and i'm like and then when i got to the when the second book was coming out i was hoping we were gonna have sequels to all of the interludes and they didn't really for some of them they kind of did like they did one sort for of. the the Boba Fett armor one definitely picked back up and yeah and then like i feel like i and you know hopefully it all comes together but i feel like the aftermath books are peppered with these little pieces that they're dangling out there almost to see if people latch on to them like you throw something like alkalites of the beyond out there and like everybody's like oh some i smell knights of ren around here guys alkali watch out big dick Al- alkalites of the beyond are here <laughs> and like right. you know they you have kids uh somebody selling maybe darth vader's saber maybe it's not and then nothing really becomes of it yeah and it's just like i don't know it, no no it, it's very clear they don't want to write themselves into a corner they have plans for that stuff but mm-hmm. they don't want to commit and the way I look at it is when I spend my twenty one ninety five or whatever it is on your book, like you better commit. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm gonna give you money, commit. And yeah. and you know, come up with, with, with a plan that, that matters. And like right now, I read a bunch of stuff that is that it was entertaining, but you know, I don't know if it really I don't know if it was really something I needed to buy and something that really mattered or not. Right. And that that is the problem, is that like you know, there's there's kind of like two schools of thought. One's like 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 my 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 best bud Sal, he's just like it's Star Wars. I have fun with it. Well, and I that's mean, like, like and that's 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 like all all he needs. And but for for me, I could go have fun with Star Wars. I already have. Right. I don't I don't I don't need new Star Wars. So when there's something new, I want it to be going somewhere, and I want it to be pushing forward. And that's why I like Star Wars Rebels, a show that I'm super conflicted about. Right, because like a lot of this, like I don't know what what it matters, I, and I don't, I don't. A lot of the times, stuff matters, and I feel like, wow, this is great. I love this show. Then I watch two more episodes, and I'm like, this is just complete. Like, who cares? And if it ends up mattering in retrospect, I don't care because the story wasn't compelling enough to hold set on its own at the at this time. And um, so I almost feel like every every single season of Star Wars Rebels, I'm like, this should have been a three hour TV event, and it would have been great. Right. Yeah, you know, I, at the end of the day, like, would rather listen to the audio book of the third Aftermath book than probably pretty much any other non-Star Wars related book. Right. But at the, when I'm done with it, am I, will I go back to it ever? Will it be things that come up? Will it be something that I use in discussion about Star Wars? Will I reference it? And I don't really know at this point. Right. 
And, uh, you know, that'll be, to me, the legacy of some of this new stuff to me is interesting. How will we view Rebels when we're 10, 10 years out from the end of it? How will we view Aftermath in 10 years when we've got, you know, probably close to 100 Star Wars books out by that <laughs> point? Will, you know, the, it, the same thing happened with the old EU where there were the things that stood out and people were like, this is why the EU's good. And then there's stuff like the Crystal Star, which people like when you're like, yeah, some of that EU stuff is good or, or isn't very good. They don't want you to bring that one up because it's awful. Yeah. So, or, or there are things that were supposed to be very pivotal, important, like when Chewbacca died. And in the end, it was just like everybody's like, what? Yep. More yep. than more than more, I, I at least that was my impression was it was more like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is this happening this way? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, uh, before I let you go, we'll do one more voicemail for the evening. And I figured you would get a kick out of this one. I haven't heard the voicemail yet, but this is from you guys' first Patreon subscriber. This is oh, no. King Tom, the king of all Toms. Hey, Hawes and Will. King Tom here. Like a lot of other people, I've been getting excited lately for Celebration. I'm not going to be able to go this year, but I have a lot of friends, people I know on Twitter, who are going, and I'm happy for them, and obviously I'm going to be following and watching whatever I can that's streaming. Uh, should be a good time. I went to a celebration, one that was held back in Indianapolis in 2005, a few months before Avenger the Sith came out, and we I went with a few friends just for the day. I don't think I appreciated it as much as I would now if I were to go, but we still had a good time and also managed to get a little lucky because we were kind of walking around the outside of the convention center that morning looking at the lines when all of a sudden a door opened up and a security guard stepped out and said, if anyone wants to see George Lucas form a line, and we, we got in line five minutes later, we had mostly decent seats for the first George Lucas presentation of the morning. Um, so like I said, it, it, it was fun. Um, and hopefully the, the Star Wars fever will... Oh, man. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I'll be able to go to the next celebration. But that brings me to my question this week. If you could fire up the DeLorean or give the frozen donkey wheel a spin and go to any Star Wars comic book science fiction convention in the history of ever, which one would you go to? Would you go to the one back in 76 and meet a fresh-faced Mark Hamill because, you know, no one knew what Star Wars was and he was probably sitting around twiddling his thumbs? Or would you go to the one in, in 2015 with the Chewy We're Home trailer? Um, or, Hawes, because it's you, I'd even accept the answer of one of the um, Comic-Cons where they had a Lost panel and showed one of the Freaky Dharma videos. Uh, my answer, I'd either... Do the 2015 TFA um, one or this year's just to experience it. And for either one, I would bring a change of pants. Um, <laughs> anyway, that that's that's all I had for Star Wars. But I, I did have a question for Chef Will. Um, oh. It's basically when you're marinating a piece of meat, beef, chicken, what have you, what is the best way to dry it off before cooking? Um, the other day I had some skirt steak. Lick it. Some uh, balsamic <laughs> vinegar and olive oil. Towel, paper toweled it off and then stuck it under the broiler. The taste was fine, but the outside just came out more soggier than I like. And I didn't know if the uh, if the master chef had any tips or techniques he would care to share. Um, 
Anyway, that's all I have. Thank you very much for putting on the great podcast. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'll be hearing you guys Saturday. So, uh, King Tom. Thanks thanks to King Tom. I don't even know the answer to that, obviously, because (laughs) I have a chef. So I'll ask my chef and I'll have him contact King Tom. Yeah, King Tom, I'll uh, I'll get my chef, Will, to uh, answer your question next week. I'll remember to ask him. (laughs) Yeah, Will's a he's a he's a chef. So people be writing in like, "Oh, if you were on Dagobah, what would you cook?" and stuff like that. I just didn't know that was going to come up in King Tom's voicemail. It <laughs> took me by surprise. Um, so yeah, you've got a DeLorean, or as right. as my boy King Tom, I love how he threw in the frozen donkey wheel reference in there. You can turn the frozen donkey wheel from Lost and go to any Star Wars con in history. Star Wars related, where do you go? Man, I mean, I I think my my like I don't know if this counts as a con, but my biggest regret was I got sick for Carrie's last L Carrie Fisher's last L A book signing. Oh, and and I was gonna go to that, and I was gonna go stealing everybody, and I got sick, and I was just like, I can't do it, and uh, so I regret not making that. And then I also regret, like, at Celebration 2015, not, not like, see, meeting her there, too. But I'm always, like, kind of weird about it. Like, when you're giving somebody, like, 200 bucks to say hi to you, it just feels like a like a pathetic version of prostitution to me. And I know it's not. And I don't look down on anybody for doing it. To me, it's just there's something weird about it. Like, my, one, one of my best friends, Corey... He does all that stuff, and like he wants me to go with him to like get a picture with Mark Hamill and stuff. And I'm like, cool, like I totally like want to, and I want to, I want to meet Mark Hamill with him and everything like that. But I'm just always weird because it's like you got to pay for it, right? I'm telling and, you, right and, now, and I don't, I don't blame them. Like they should get right. paid for it. I'm, I'm doing it, man. If Mark Hamill's at Celebration this year, I'm, me- yeah, I'm not passing it up. And it, and it comes 100 percent because like I was like. That's the big thing I'm going to do at Celebration this year is I'm going to meet Carrie and Mark. If they're there, I'm going to meet them. And, you know, after the end of last year, like, I'm like, I better do it now if I want to. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that was that, that was such a bummer. Oh, man. So much of a bummer. And then <clears throat> what I was going to say is if, if you do meet Mark Hamill, I think the only thing you got to do is, like, if he asks you your name, say, Oh, my name's makingstarwars.com and then like get into a staring contest with him. <laughs> right. See how uh, <laughs> you know, um have you heard about kiss. the adventures of Michael Pappas and Johnny Grosso at New York Comic Con last year? They met Pablo and and um Mike was like, This is Johnny Grosso from Mickey Star Wars. You know right? Johnny Grosso. <laughs> And people wonder I he, why. I, I bet he was thrilled. I was about to say, people wonder why Pablo might be a little snarky sometimes. Let's be honest, quite a bit snarky. <laughs> a little snarky. I, I downplayed that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would say, man, that, that first Comic-Con in 76 would be neat to see from just a sort of historical pers- perspective. And the question is, can you bring stuff back? Because if you can, like those those uh, leaflets and posters and stuff they handed out, that's I could come back and be a rich man. Like, that's... oh, if if we can do that, I'm going. I'm getting plastic surgery. I'm working out. I'm going and meeting like twenty four year old Carrie Fisher. Oh, 
and 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 I'm I and I'm gonna take her from Paul Simon. No, there's gonna be a real sad song written about it. Man from the future is what it's gonna be called. Because Paul Simon will know. He'll look at you and go, "That's a future motherfucker right there." Oh That's yeah, a future motherfucker. No, it'll it'll be like lost. He, he'll he'll know something was going on. He'll know. Somehow he'll just know. <laughs> He's like, "This isn't right. This is how it's supposed to happen. We have to go back." Paul Simon sees you, and his nose just starts bleeding just a little bit, and he's like, "Oh, that's <laughs> odd. How the, what the um, fuck? Give me we have an to acoustic. go back to Oct two. We have to go back." Um, that one would be cool. The first one would be really cool. Um, I gotta say the. I follow. I have always sort of followed Celebration. That one in '99 that you and Randy went to, right? Yeah. That one sounds like a cool one to go to because it was the first one. It was the Phantom Menace one. It, it was before anybody had seen the Phantom Menace, and I just. I know. I I don't want to get too like sentimental about it. I don't know if it was better because Star Wars was so quiet still in the weirdest of ways, or if it was us. Right. I, I, I've asked myself that is that the fact that we were two 18 year old I was 18 he was 19 is that was that the difference right or, and it was small right comparatively it was it was it was like it was really tiny and like you know you just we just see Warwick Davis walking through mud and you just talk to him that's cool. and like you know Anthony Daniels came out and chastised Randy for smoking <laughs> and it was just like it was completely like it was yeah I think it was I think it was the best and a lot of people were, were like really unhappy about it because it rained and stuff. But I was just like, oh, well, it's not freezing. I could deal with it. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like George. I mean, look, we all know George Lucas is a god among men, but he can't control the weather. Come on, yeah. guys. Couldn't uh, do it. Were you at the one where did you go to that George Lucas panel in Indianapolis? Oh, yeah. I was going to get on that. Yeah. I didn't get to just walk right in and just oh. accidentally get in there like royalty. King Tom. I mean, that's what happens no. when you are the king of all Toms. We stayed in line in the snow. It snowed that night. Oh. <laughs> it was completely bullshit. Yeah, it started snowing. They kept changing the the line. And, um, you know, the uh, cool thing was it was the actor who played uh, uh, Masamita in episode three. Uh, and uh, and the dude who played Newt Gunray. Mm -hmm. they, bought, they bought hot chocolate. Oh, that's the cool. agent and come out and like they they come out and like so we got hot chocolate and I was like that's kind of a cool one time event you know like that like means something to me I don't think my kids are gonna care right when I tell them that story but that was to me I was like this is badass like that guy bought me hot chocolate J J cool. Abrams bought you pizza yeah no and donuts and donuts yeah and yeah uh, you know the other one that I think would have been cool is also one you guys went to was the uh, Comic Con. With the Star Wars concert afterwards, that was pretty awesome. The it was only downside was hearing. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard this was Kevin Smith's live podcast that he I did. saw him. I, I I saw I saw the audience leave. leave. He was so bummed, and you could tell he was bummed. But at the same time, he was like, "Well, what do you expect? Like, I would have left if I was yeah. in that crowd. I would have left." So like. Man, I, but like you can hear like on the live recording, you can hear people start coming in and stuff and he perks up. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty funny. You wonder the if J.J. Uh, Abrams was getting him back for talking about being on the Millennium Falcon that one time. <laughs> I, I will say, though, that it like is is like that. That was awesome. But it was it was hard not being 19. 
Oh because yeah, because that's stay an in line all day. For, for two days, you have to stay in line for like two days. I'll uh, stay in line overnight to get a wristband. Then you got to stay in line after you have the wristband for the for you know what I mean to make sure that you got your place mm-hmm. that you that you don't that you don't lose it. And then you got to sit through all kinds of panels you don't care anything about Walking I, Dead and yeah, I just stuff. wake up and like Walking Dead is going on and I'm just like, can you shut up? I'm trying to <laughs> sleep here. Yeah, uh, wh- what do you think? Uh, I mean, the last Jedi panel, that's going to be a big one. What do you think about this 40th anniversary panel that's opening up celebration this year? I, I, I don't, I don't know what to think. I mean, on on its face, I don't care. Yeah, I I'm, mean that. I mean that. I mean that with love. Right. But I mean, I'm like, I'm like, so, so, A New Hope is 40 years old. We're all getting old, right? You know, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not one who cares about like that kind of stuff that much. So I'm like, you know, like what, you know, what's what's going to be the angle that makes it like the thing to kick off celebration for? And you know, it, it could be something really cool. Maybe they're going to announce the new movies at that panel or something. I don't know, but it would be cool. You think George Lucas is going to show up to that one? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't th- it would be awesome. I'm planning on trying to get in. The one I'm gonna most concentrate on getting in for is the the last jedi obviously um and then if they're gonna do because they've if you know i don't know how much of this will always carry over but it seems like sunday they always do like the future of star wars panel wasn't the rogue one panel on a sunday it was but i will say at the same time it was very poorly attended yeah i I would definitely be interested in going to something like that or maybe they're going to talk about Han Solo and maybe what's coming after that. Because that third spinoff is pretty elusive as far as news goes, it seems. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot, you know. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've heard rumors and I haven't heard a lot of strong rumors about there being a huge Han Solo presence there. Oh, really? Yeah, quite yeah. the contrary. So we'll have to Interesting. See what Interesting. Well, buddy, thanks so much for coming on this week and helping me out. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you for having me. I, yeah. pre- I I love finally being on the show. Yeah, man. Finally. Long time coming. Yeah. Um, I, I look forward to podcasting with you at Celebration. Oh, man. I cannot wait to meet everybody at Celebration. I'm probably more excited about that than any panel or anything like that. Like, just meeting up with all these cool people I've met since getting back into the Star Wars fandom. And well, expectations. Expect- they're, they're not that cool. I might get to see Johnny Grosso's wiener, you know. <laughs> How many people can say that? Probably quite a few, but at least through his sweatpants. At least. At like, the very least. You know, you know, maybe I'll get him to I'll be like, wear something loose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Something loose fitting. Um <laughs> why don't you tell everybody where I, I mean I assume everybody knows where, but just in case, why don't you tell everybody? where they can find you on social media and your podcast and everything like that. Makingstarwars.net is the website. Makingstarwars.com is the, the website as well. And um, at Making Star Wars on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Yes, yeah, you just put out your uh, first YouTube video in a while covering the whole Frank Oz thing. Yeah, yeah, I want to start doing more more uh, YouTube, but I need I need this diet to get a little further. I'm a little self-conscious still. Man, uh, YouTube is something that I'm in, interested in as well. I honestly probably watch maybe an hour or two of YouTube videos a day at this point. That's it, amateur. Well, you know, no, it, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. I have like I don't really go to YouTube for Star Wars to be honest because 
I sort of do that for podcasts. Like when Steele puts up something or when you guys put something up, I'll watch it. But you're really the only two Star Wars YouTube channels I'm subscribed to. I go there for a lot of like video game stuff, right. gameplay stuff and trailers. And uh, I'm really fascinated with people that have like huge video game collections. And like mm-hmm. I'll watch them like harass people at swap meets and garage sales trying to get a copy of Super Mario World for $2 like it's fucking fascinating for some reason so I'm really into like urban exploring videos now like they're just oh. really fun there's like a couple of really good ones like where they go and explore like an empty theme park or a closed yeah, down morgue. target and stuff I found yeah. I saw one where they found morgues and then they found body parts oh. like all, yeah it's cr- it's totally crazy yeah I I, I check that out I really like like urban explorer but it's also you know new new bands and stuff I'm 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 as big of a music fan as I am a Star Wars fan, and so I found that like YouTube is is where it's at, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean for real, you turned me on to Poppy, and it, it happened quick. Like I was like, ooh, listen, because you sent me two videos. You sent me the uh, the uh, infamous "I Am Poppy" video, and I'm like <laughs> laying in bed, like trying to drift off to sleep, and I was like, ooh, what is that? What what's going on with my reality? And then you sent me one that was one of the actual songs, and I was like, oh, okay. This is what I can latch onto as the fucking catchy ass music part of it, and then I can dip my toe in all the other weird shit that comes along with it. Yeah, music music is on an upswing right now, and I, it's all I'm finding it all through YouTube. Strangely, right on. Well, uh, before I let you guys go, we have a new T-shirt in the store that you guys can get right now. It is our Key a D Ride the Lightning shirt. And that artwork is by the ever-amazing Evan DeCellis with, of course, Ben Layton's logo treatment for our podcast. Uh, it's up on our Public store. That's tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Uh, it's a killer-looking shirt, guys. you got to check it out. If you like our theme song, you should support the band that provided it. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can get them on iTunes on Bandcamp at stonecobra.bandcamp.com and they're on Spotify. So it's easy enough to find those guys. And uh, once again, buddy, really thanks for uh, coming on, man. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And uh, I will uh, stop taking up your precious Zelda Switch time because I'm getting the urge right now myself. Let's do it. All right, buddy. Well, for Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhart and my guest has been... Jason Ward, may the force be with you. May the force be with us.